welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning. How's everybody doing? It's Jessica from the podcast, and I'm so glad to be with you for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Today I'm speaking with Janie Ward, and I had the privilege of meeting Janie's family when we lived in Michigan. We were in Ann Arbor for my husband attending the University of Michigan Law School, so we were there for three years, and we overlapped for a few years with the Ward family. Since that time, they moved back to the Salt Lake City area, and one thing that their family really enjoys is being outdoors and going hiking. I was so sad to hear that last summer, their daughter Abby was hiking with her younger brother, and she fell off of a cliff 50 feet down and suffered a traumatic brain injury. Her injuries were extensive, and the future was unknown. One minute, she went from being a thriving 18-year-old to then fighting for her life. I'm happy to report that now she is continuing to improve every single day, and she is building up her strength every single day, stronger and stronger. But the fight has not been easy. So today, I'm talking with Janie about what it's like from the mom's perspective, and how she has helped her daughter to fight for her life, to fight for her abilities, and to remain strong in the face of extreme adversity. We're going to talk about what she's learned from this experience and how it's changed her motherhood. Janie is truly an extraordinary mom, and I can't wait for you to hear her story today. All right, I want to welcome Janie Ward to the show. Hi, Janie. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Oh, I'm really excited to talk with you. First of all, when I heard about your story over the summer, my heart just broke for you. You've been in my prayers for the last six months, and I'm just so glad that we're talking today, and I can't wait to get an update because it seemed like there's been so much progress with Abby. Thank you so much. Thanks for your prayers. Everybody's just been so kind and so nice, and it's been amazing to see people just that we've known in our past and and, and strangers that we don't know, and everybody's just been reached out to us and been so kind and so amazing, and that's been incredible to see. But, I'm sure. Um, and Abby's progress has been amazing. Her, yeah. Her determination is is incredible, and... Um, She's been she's been blessed. Amazing. So. Well, we're going to get more into what happened and what we're talking about for people that may not be familiar with the story. But will you just give a little background on your family and who you are, Janie? Yeah, sure. Um, so I have four children. My oldest is 21. He's, he's in college. And my youngest is 10. And Abby is number two. Um, she, she turned 19 while she was in the hospital. Um, and then I have a, a 16 year old. We've kind of moved around a little bit. We're originally from Utah. We spent some time in Michigan and we came back to Utah. So we're, we live in Utah now. Um, and we're happy here. Yeah. <laughs> we're settled here. Yeah. And so the outdoors have always played a big part in your life. Was that part of the draw getting back to Utah? I know you guys love to be yes. outside and hiking, and that's just a part of your life, right? We, yes. We miss the mountains so much when we were away from them. And, and, I don't think we appreciated them as much as we uh, should have when we lived here. And, and so moving back, we just, I mean, we look at them every day. We're like, wow, those are mountains are amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So our kids spend a lot of time in the mountains. We spend a lot of time in the mountains. We all ski, hike. We love the mountains. That's so, amazing. Yes. I know. I feel the same way coming from San Diego. 
it's like, yes, the beach has always been a part of my life, but I always took it for granted until I moved away. <laughs> then every time I'd come back, I'd be like, look at where I live. Like, this is nuts. <laughs> and I'm sure you feel yeah. the same way. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> okay. So you have four kids and tell me about Janie as a mom. I mean, what does your day-to-day look like with your kids? Is motherhood what you thought it would be like? And how has it been being a mom to your four kids all these years? I, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Um, it was like, I just, you know, that was my number one goal pretty much was to be a mom. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know that it's always exactly what you think it's going to be, but um, I love being a mom. It, it's, you know, for sure my greatest joy being a mom. And I love it. It, it kind of just, motherhood just really came natural to me. And it's definitely, there's, there's definitely hard parts of being a mom and, things that you're like oh yeah well that's not so fun yeah this is not how I picture motherhood or yeah I can't wait till this phase passes but um but I love being a mom and it's um a huge part of my identity um and and would you say how did you deal with challenges that came before this the biggest of all challenges that you faced this past summer when things would come up and challenges would come along what was your perspective on those and how would you kind of muster up the strength to get through those? I guess I think I've done okay. We've, yeah. <laughs> we've had a few trials throughout our life. We've been, my husband and I have been married for 22 years. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we went through all of his training. He's a physician, a surgeon and did all his training and we had our kids during that time. And so we had, we had lots of years where we were, didn't have tons of money and we, um, you know, had kids. And so yeah. that was a whole set of challenges that we sort of brought on us, upon ourselves, but we chose it. And, um, and it was hard. There were ups and downs and Abby's had some, uh, a couple of health problems in the past. She had ovarian cancer a couple of years ago and that was, um, a challenge, you know, we've, and then just life, life's hard. Right. Um, but you, I think probably those challenges, that you have, they prepare you for, you know, the next one. And so, um, I really, my faith plays a big role in getting through any trial. I, I rely a lot on my, on God and I immediately almost always just pray. And I know that he, and because of past experiences, I know that, that he will help me. Um, and especially in my motherhood, I, I rely on him a lot. Um, to kind of guide me on what I need, you know, what, what needs to happen with my kids and what should I be looking out for? Um, I try not to be a hovering mother mm-hmm. because, um, I think kids need their space. So I kind of rely on some direction yeah. <laughs> from above to kind of guide me with, with decisions a lot because, you know, we're all just kind of doing the best we can. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when Abby had her accident, I just, that's, that's where I turned. And there were definitely days when I was like, why am I being abandoned? You know? Right. No, absolutely. So let's, let's dig deeper into that. So let's go back to this past summer. Tell me and tell the listeners what happened. Okay. So, um, Abby, she was 18. She was, she finished, um, high school. Actually, she was almost 19. So she, she'd been out of high school for almost a year and she actually had plans to serve a mission for a church uh, she had a mission call. She was supposed to leave in August, and um, she just she loved to hike. She went hiking one day, and luckily she even asked me that morning. She's like, "Do you want to go hiking?" And I said, "No, I've got to I've got to go to Costco. I've got to you know all these things I need to do." And um, I said, "But take Jake. He's he doesn't have anything going on today. It was summer." 
why don't you take Jake? He was 15. And so she texted me later and said, okay, we're going up Little Cottonwood. Um, And I hadn't heard from him until, you know, it was like 2.30. I hadn't heard anything from him, but I, you know, I didn't worry because they went on long hikes. Mm -hmm. I got a call, I think it was around 3, from the police. And at first I thought it was, her car had been broken into a few weeks before, and I thought it was about that. They said, you know, this is officer so-and-so, I have an update for you. And I was like, oh, okay, just all cheerful. And he said, Abby and Jake were hiking. And then I just, my heart just sank. I was like, oh no, what happened? Are they okay? He's like, well, Abby had a fall. I mean, he made it sound like it wasn't that big of a Like a little sprained ankle. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Where is she now? He's like, well, she hit her head pretty good. She's, you know, she's lifelighted. She's getting lifelighted to the hospital. And um, I said, okay, where's Jake? And he said he's hiking down with a first responder, and and we'll get him to the hospital, meet him there. Um, and so what did and, you expect to find when you got there? Like, were you, what was your state when you were driving over there? I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. Yeah. I guess, I guess I just didn't know, and I was kind of hopeful that it, maybe a little naively hopeful it wasn't very bad. Um, when I got there, um, I the, I saw my son, Jake, first, and he, he didn't have a shirt on because he had taken off his shirt to put on one of her wounds so it would stop bleeding. The first thing he said to me was, Mom, I got to her so fast. I don't know how I got to her so fast. Um, and I said, oh my gosh, tell, tell me what happened. Cause I hadn't heard, you know, I hadn't put together any pieces right. yet. And so he told me they were hiking and I, they were hiking in a spot where I hadn't been up that high before. It was a place called Lisa Falls, which we had hiked to a lot, but there's many falls. We had only been to the first fall and there's like 12. Mm. And so they had hiked way up there and she, they were, they actually did the hike and were on their way down and, um, she was kind of going past a pretty tricky steep part and she went first. And so Jake saw the whole thing. He saw her fall. Wow. And, um, right after she told, he told me right after she fell, I just called 911 and I pulled out my phone and called 911 and he had service and told him right where he got his, the GPS coordinates told him right where they were. And then he got down to her amazingly really fast. And it was like 50 feet. Is that what the... the... She fell at least 50 feet. I think it was more like 60 or 70. Wow. When you... But he... The, all the news articles said 50 feet because they asked him on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Fall? What would you guess? Right. Said, I don't know, 50 feet. That's what he said to him. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but he so, scaled that mountain down to get to his sister. Yeah, and he got to her really fast. And when he got there... He put, her head was halfway in the water and he pulled it out and we didn't know she had a little water in her lungs when she got to the uh, hospital and they didn't know if she maybe had a brain injury from not getting oxygen for a while. But <clears throat> after time we, we knew that that wasn't the cause of her brain injury. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he, so they said he probably saved her life by pulling her head oh. all the way out of the water right then. But also, he, he went and tried to call the police again, and his phone wouldn't work. So it was really smart of him to call from up higher. When it was high, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, he, and it took them, you know, over an hour and a half to get there. So Jake sat there with her for an hour and a half, just with her unconscious, not knowing how to help her, what to do. 
And I just can't imagine for a 15 year old. No, I can't either. What was going through his mind. So, but he, um, you know, she had a, a really deep gash on her side. Luckily, it didn't hit anything. Wow. Uh, any major organs, but it was bleeding pretty bad. And so he put, took his shirt off and put it on there. Um, and he didn't know if her back was broken or anything, so he didn't want to move her. He turned her head and put her more on her back so she wouldn't be in the water. Her head wouldn't be face down in the water. And um, he said it was so cold. I just wanted to he tried to kind of lift her legs out and rest them on a rock. And, you know, he didn't know how to help her without oh, moving her. Gosh. Um yeah, and he was just—he just said he just was thinking, "Where are those? Where are they? You know, yeah. hurry, <laughs> somebody!" Oh, yeah, wow. her, he just did everything, everything he possibly could to save her. I, I mean, he really did. And he did, and he did. He literally saved, saved her, her life. life. Yeah. Wow. Which is just awesome. We're very proud of him for I bet. for acting so level-headedly. He really is a level-headed kid. He was the perfect person to be with her. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, and think if you had been on the hike with her, like what would you have done? And emotionally as a mom well yeah maybe you wouldn't have scaled that mountain down as easily I mean I certainly wouldn't so that is divine intervention that he was there versus maybe anybody else that's that's a miracle yeah it is wow wow and so once she got life lighted out and then he and then everyone's at the hospital now how long before you got to see her and what were you told pretty quickly um they let me go in and see her before they told me anything really um, but Jake had told me all that, you know, everything that he, and there was a little bit of dispute, like, oh, one, one rescue worker said that she was talking and Jake said, I never heard her talk. And I was with her the whole time. She was unconscious. He's like, well, I knew her name was Abby. And so anyway, I, I don't think yeah. she ever talked right after because I think Jake probably just told him her name was Abby. But, um, but anyway, I, so I went inside. She was just, you know, covered in everything. And by then they had put a, um, a tube in her mouth and, and she was cold when she got there, she was 90 degrees. And so they were, had all these things on her trying to warm her up and, mm. and they were trying to clean her up. Her wound was really dirty. And, um, and they didn't know at that point, she still had the neck thing on. They didn't know if she had a broken neck or back or anything like that. So, uh, she looked pretty scary. Um, wow. <clears throat> but they let me go in and I, and I held her hand and just, you know, talked to her, told her I was there. And I mean, no response, but I, I hoped that she could hear me. Yeah. Um, after a few minutes, they had me leave and said I could come back in a minute. They, they had to do some things and then I could come back in. So I went out and I, and the doctor came out and talked to me and kind of told me a lot of her injuries. And he said, we don't know about her her brain injury we're sure there's some sort of brain injury because her she she's got a fracture to her skull um and we know it 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 took a pretty big hit going down the mountain um but then he told she had a a liver a pretty i think they said grade three liver laceration so pretty pretty big laceration on her liver which was um swelling up or uh, like I had a big hematoma, like with mm-hmm. blood, you know. Mm-hmm. So they had to really watch that to make sure it wouldn't burst it, to see if they'd have to go in and operate. Um, but for the time being, it was just contained in that hematoma. Um, and then that really deep wound on her side, as far as they could tell, I mean, they could put their whole hand in it. Wow. But as far as they could tell, it had no, it didn't hit any major organs. So, and then she, you know, she had scrapes, quite a few scrapes all over her. 
I think she had some fractures on her ribs, but nothing that needed nothing that needed operating on. Sure. Um, and so that was actually kind of as far as they could tell. Uh, her neck and and back were okay, which was wow, really a miracle <laughs> considering yeah. how far she fell. And when you look at the pictures of where she fell, it's just rock. It's just sheer granite rock. I don't know how she uh, didn't yeah. sustain some sort of broken limb or back or neck or anything, but she didn't. I think her head pretty much took the brunt of it. Um, and her, But the also other amazing thing is her face looked fine. Her face had one scrape kind of on the side of her forehead. Wow. And nothing else. Wow. So that was pretty. They looked at her cheek and said, and that bone had been, um, it had a crack, but it didn't need to be operated on. <clears throat> that was actually, my husband looked at the x-ray and they said, we'll just let him. Because he's a plastic that. surgeon. His, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does facial plastics. They said, we'll let him look at that. And yeah. See what he he's yeah. like, I wouldn't operate on that. So she, I, you know, yeah. I'm certainly not going to put her through anything extra. And so really it was just the unknown of the level of brain the injury. Unknown of the, yeah. The head. I mean, they said if, if the liver would have been the only injury, they would have been more worried about that, but they knew the head was much more of a yeah. worry than the liver. So, um, it wasn't until maybe day four or five that we had, uh, she was stable enough and not waking up. And so they did, uh, an MRI. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the results of that was when we knew how bad the brain injury was to some degree. I mean, they can only tell you so much with right. an MRI. They knew that she had a, um, a traumatic brain injury, TBI, and it was a shearing type of injury. So almost like shaken baby, like her brain okay. had just shaken in there. And so the little nerves and small connections in there had just been sheer, either broken or really badly damaged. Wow. Um, and so there were, the worst spot was right in the middle, the corpus callosum, which is where your, the two sides of your brain meet and the brainstem comes up and meets. So it seems like almost the most delicate part of your brain, right, right there in the middle. Oh. Um, what did you think when you heard that? Oh, it, it was, um, honestly, I don't, I have no medical background. I mean, I'm married to a physician, (laughs) but I've only heard him talk about. (laughs) Right. And not in terms of your kids. Yeah. Nothing brain. Yeah. And so I, and in my mind the whole time, I just knew she'd wake up any minute. Hmm. I was very, um, I just knew she'd be okay. Uh, and so when then, when the neurosurgeon came and told us the, and and my husband wasn't there, he told me the news first because my husband had gone. My husband would sleep at home at night with the other kids, and I was staying at the hospital. I knew I didn't know what they meant. I think he thought I would know. Mm. I was just kind of like, what what does this you know what does it mean? Tell me in layman's terms what this means. But he's like, well, we know why she's not waking up, and that's. So it's bad enough we know this is the reason why, but it's good enough that there's there's room there for hope. Mm. Um, and you know he told me, and and lots of people told me this that were well intentioned. I have this, you know, I knew this person that had a brain injury similar to this, and like two years later I saw her and she was walking, and and I'm over here in my mind thinking. Well, we're leaving tomorrow when she wakes up, so that's right. Right. Two years from now, she could walk. Like that's very depressing. I don't want to hear it. Right. I really did not want to hear any of those miracle stories that were four years long or two years long. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Was, you just know. I was not 
emotionally ready for anything like that. I was just thinking, no, she's just recovering and she's going to wake up and we're going home. I was still in that mode. And I, and honestly, like I had just in my mind, I was like, she's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. It'll take time, but she'll be okay. And so so after these results, I saw how upset they made my husband (laughs) and I knew it was more serious than I, than I realized. Um, And I just thought, okay, well, those, hopefully some of those connections that weren't broken and they can just repair. Um, But the brain can heal, you know, even the ones that were broken can make new connections. And it just, it takes time. Um, And and then when they say it takes time, it's like so much time. (laughs) Right. And so how long was she in a coma? She did not start responding for... Well, her first response was about three weeks, but it was just a tiny, you know, like right. a squeeze of the hand. And and then it was like nothing for a while. And so, but we were so happy to have that. I right, speaking, anything. We were so overjoyed, yeah, to have that. Um, and so on those days where you're sitting in the hospital and sleeping in the hospital and there is no response and there is no change, I mean, what were those days like for you? They were hard. They and I had my my ups and downs. I think it was it was maybe day six or something. Uh, right after I we got the results of the MRI, um, and you know my husband was pretty down, and I just remember going into the the restroom of the ICU and just pleading. Sorry, that's no, okay. Pleading with my heavenly Father to just take this away, you know, either help me deal with it better, be stronger, or just get her better, like, give me something, you know, I, I would honestly rather have her die than just sit her in a vegetative state, it's sad to say, but it's true, no one wants to be a vegetable, um, I was like, why would he save her, why were there all these miracles for her to to be saved and survive falling off a cliff and survive cancer. And she's had many trials. (laughs) She was hit by a car twice. She's had all (laughs) these trials that she's survived. I know (laughs) she Uh, is quite the drama girl. Yeah. Calm down, Abby. (laughs) (laughs) She survived. And I just pleaded like, why, why did she survive all these to sit here in a vegetative state? I need, you know, like, yeah. And maybe it's just that I need, to learn something. So let me learn it. Like I'm open, you know, I'm, and then I'm move on. Whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, move on. I just was so wow. done at that point. I feel like I'd been so strong I'm, for everyone around, you know? And, um, and I was just, that was my, definitely my breaking point. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure there is the ups and downs and like you have the hope and you have the faith, but then even having faith <laughs> in a higher power that, you know, things will be okay. Like you can't even picture that in that setting, in that moment. No, it was just too, too Too much, much. too much. Yeah. And throughout that was in the morning. My husband came a little bit later and he saw that I was not in a good state and he's like, we're driving you home. She will be fine. And so, and he he didn't want me to drive home by myself. He's like, I'm going to just take you home. Um, and he was great. We had a good conversation on the way home. Um, and I remember coming home and showering and I, I got out of the shower and I, I 
I kneeled down and said another prayer and I looked up for my prayer and in my closet was this hanger from the laundromat. You know how sometimes they have paper and say mm-hmm. things on them? It said hope. I don't know how long <laughs> that hanger had been hanging there, probably eight, two years and oh. I never noticed it. Wow. And it said hope. And, and I knew that was my answer that was, was time, to just, yeah. all, my job was to have hope. I didn't need to, stress just have hope that things whatever they ha- whatever happened would be okay wow. um and to have hope and that well and I really knew that she'd be okay mm. um and and it was still I was still just kind of it was still hard but I just was like okay I got my answer and my husband had had an experience earlier that that morning before he came to get me that was very similar to that because he was he was really struggling and um he had gotten this pair of flip-flops ordered them off Amazon and on the tag, he's like, I'm just going to wear those. They've been sitting in our room for like two weeks. He's like, I'm going to wear those today. It was summer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, he ripped the tag off and set it on the counter. He showered, got out and he was like combing his hair and he looked down at the tag and it had a scripture reference on it. And he's like, that's on so sandals. <laughs> On sandals, and he didn't throw the tag away. He like sat it on the counter, and and he just looked at it, and he was like, "Why is you know what is that scripture reference?" And I wish I could remember it right now. <laughs> it's it's I should have looked. But that I up. bet it's, it's about like, hope. <laughs> it's lean, I mean, it's a scripture that's lean not to your own understanding and trust God with with all your heart or something like that. Wow. And but the big part was lean not to your own understanding because he, from the second he saw that brain scan, he went into doctor mode yeah. and was reading all these studies and and trying to figure out all these articles and trying to figure out how, you know, and it was depressing because brain injury sucks. Right. <laughs> you know, there's there's less miracle, oh, they got all better, than there is, like, they never recover from this, you know. Mm. Um, and so when you read those studies as a physician, it's what's more likely to happen is what you go with and it's just yeah. he he was just getting really down and I kept telling him quit reading those they're not helping you it's com- this whole thing is completely out of our hands it's 100% in God's hands brain injury is a do- no doctor can tell us you know for certain what's going to happen it's mm-hmm. just a big question mark it's not like a broken arm that oh you fix it and it heals um wow. but anyway when he saw that he he knew that was his answer that he just needed to have more faith and and lean not to his own understanding and trust God. So that was huge for him getting past doctor mode and and just being dad. Wow. Um, Yeah. And and I think those little, yeah. And and it just shows you in the grand scheme of things and how monumental this experience was for you. It was like something so small that just got you to put one foot in front of the other again, you know, and that's just, that's huge. I think that's, that's life for all of us, you know, if we can it's just life for all of us. see it's a smile really or, is. yeah, and like that small hand squeeze. It's like, it seems so small now to you, but like at the time, oh, that was everything. We that's all, all you needed. for weeks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so just fast forwarding through, so she eventually over the course of three weeks did get to the point where she was a little bit responsive, squeezed your hand, and yeah. then... And then um, we got we yeah. were able to get her transferred over to a, a different hospital with into the rehab unit to okay. Primary Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and they had a really great, really great rehab program. And so we were felt really blessed. The, the way that worked out, we felt like it was a miracle too. Mm-hmm. We hadn't even thought of it because she was 18, almost 19. Sure. And we thought she was too old for a children's hospital. And um, I just was able to get in contact with another mom just through some miracles and who had had a child there. And she wow. said, oh, no, no, they'll take him up to 21. Get her over there. Get her there. Wow. And the best therapist. And she just was adamant. So that's what we pushed for, and it was it was kind of hard, but we it worked out, and we felt like that was some divine intervention as well, because she had um, really good therapists and, and great care over there. Yeah, and so uh, like you said, traumatic brain injuries. I mean, they don't look the same to any two people, but I mean, no. you've been hearing these two year journeys, four year, you know, and it's just like I don't want to hear me, that. It took me a long time to even be able to hear those stories. Sure, I'm which sure. Which is really, I mean, I felt really kind of rude because I was like, I can't. People kept sending me these stories, and I just couldn't even. I'd start yeah. to read them and I couldn't finish. It was just emotionally too hard. I was not in the right place. Um, and they're well meaning, and so it's tricky. They're well meaning, yeah. and I think, and I even, I think I told a couple of. Them, at some point, I'm going to totally want to read the story. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, eventually this will come in handy. But right now, I just want my daughter to speak right to Right now, me. I'm 100% overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> Emotionally, no, ab- physically. Because I wasn't getting great sleep. Like, I just, everything was just overwhelmed. Absolutely. Um, and you have three other kids at home that I'm sure you're torn three other missing. Kids. Yeah. Luckily, I we had such great friends and church members and family that just took our 10-year-old and... Well, she was nine at the time. She had her birthday while Abby was in the hospital. Mm. But um, they just would take her for a week here and a week there and just just love her like, you know, we would. And yeah. she had – it was one of the funnest summers <laughs> of her life. Yeah. And I think at first she didn't realize how bad Abby was, you know. Mm. And so she was just – here. you know, they would bring her to visit, but she didn't really want to come and visit. She was kind of tired of the hospital. And, and I, you know, I got that. I totally understood that. Yeah. And I didn't want her to be there where it was sad. And um, so having her 100% taken care of was amazing. And my older son had had finished his um, classes, he, his summer semester of classes, like two days after the accident. And so he had pretty much the summer off to just help my 15-year-old and be with him and yeah. help out. And, and that was also a huge blessing because... I have less mommy guilt. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know? Had and, each other, yeah. Yeah, we we really, I mean, we just tried to all come together and do what we needed to. Yeah, that's, um, that's amazing. And so you to have... To support each other and support Abby, and yeah. it was, and really my, you know, my biggest mom instinct at that time was, I've got to be here for Abby. I've got yeah. to be here for Abby. Absolutely. But it was hard. I mean, it was hard. And after, you know, when it got closer to school starting, and the 10 year old was feeling like, well, and, and our 15 year old, but he would never say it. Um, just feeling a little bit abandoned. Yeah. Where's mom? I would be home for maybe an hour a day to shower and then get back to the hospital. I did wow. not want to leave her for a minute. Um, and it, you know, once I started school, it was when they were in school because that right. was the best time to avoid traffic and just, you know, so they tried to come over for dinner, but it, that also got harder when, um, school started because of homework and, yeah. And scheduling and stuff. So it was, it was Life tricky. goes on, even so though your on. life has stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's a weird. And it really, makes, yeah. it really makes you realize, you know, you think you're busy with all these things going on in your life until you have 
a, a tragedy or a trial and you realize none of those things matter. Yeah. Everything can wait. Yeah. Your calendar has been wiped. Yeah. <laughs> what your kid needs at that moment. Wow. Wow. So, that's, yeah. that's an amazing lesson to learn. I'm sure that will change you forever, even after this immediate. And I think what makes this, um, your story right now so, so compelling and so interesting is you're not to the finish line yet. You're you're yeah. in the middle of this. You're still, and she is still fighting every day through this. And I and I kind of wavered on you know at what point to share your story and how much further along the path. But but I think it's important to tell your story even in the middle of it, realizing there are still good days and there are still really hard days and there's still a lot of unknowns. I'm sure, but that's really powerful yeah. to to show that you can still be grateful and still have joy, but then also still have lingering questions as well. Those things can all coexist. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's, uh, something we've definitely learned. We might have known it a little bit before, but we have learned that really a lot. (laughs) You've been beat over the head with it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And just find the joy in the little things. And, you know, that joy of her squeezing our hand. And every day, you know, once she started to wake up, Every single day from then until now, there is something to be happy about. Yeah. There's some progress, which is incredible. It's incredible. There's a reason for joy every single day. Absolutely. And a reason, a reason to just be thankful. It's so, amazing. And, and she in particular just seems like a remarkable girl. And so what would you... Well, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you're not biased or anything. But really, I mean, just the determination. I mean, she went from having you know, planning to go on her mission and having a whole future bright and shining in front of her to relearning how to walk. And she is still in the middle of that. I mean, yeah, yeah. what, what does she think of all, what does she think of all of this? For the most part, she has not gotten discouraged. She's just, I'm going to do this. She's, she is the most determined girl and she was determined before. I think it's really helping her. Um, but she has, has really showed amazing, determination and strength she really has um and we're just we're inspired by her every day um but she has had moments of discouragement and you know we that's when we try to step up our (laughs) our happiness and our hey it's okay you are doing so much this is hard you know and when I when we go to therapy we see a lot of other people who have had brain injury or spinal cord injury and they're there working and everybody's not as you know fast healing as Abby and everybody's not as cheerful and as pleasant mm-hmm. and, and it's honestly very common for people with brain injury to be mean yeah and, <laughs> right right and I'm just so happy that she's not she's she's very pleasant yeah she's actually more pleasant than she was before really she was so happy when she could start to talk because it was it was three months before she could talk. She could not wow. get voice out, um, which was hard because we had such a hard time communicating with her. Sure. It was maybe maybe only two or three weeks before she started talking, she could do head nods and shakes. So wow. we could ask her questions and communicate with her that way. But that's And that was awesome. That was amazing. But that's not even as good as like actually being able to talk. And How say, frustrating oh, to be an 18-year-old like and you can't yeah. talk. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, but when she started talking, no frustration. Just, Mm. I'm so grateful. She kept saying that all day long in her quiet whisper voice when she started talking. Yeah. I'm so grateful I can talk. Just, just the sweetest. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, and just every little milestone. I mean, that was a big one. Yeah. Every little milestone along the way. And we honestly think playing the piano, she, the day she started to talk, she has to play the piano. She played the piano uh, really well before her injury. And I hadn't even thought to put her the piano because they had a piano at Primary Children's. And I tried to take her there, and she got tears in her eyes when I tried. Her hands were really curled up when I took her. And I was trying to get her fingers open and get her to play the notes. And she had tears in her eyes, and I was like, oh, this is making her sad. Because she used to do it so well, and now she can't even hit one note. And so I didn't take her there again because I didn't want to make her sad. And so I didn't. I, I just had thought we'll avoid the piano for a while. But when she asked, and we put her at the piano, she sat there for an hour. Hmm hitting the notes with just her two index fingers because they were the only ones that worked Ugh. enough to play the piano at the time. Oh so gosh. the way her fingers, I mean, and, and from that point on, she would play every day, still does, every single day. Wow. And she could read the notes. And so just, just knowing that, that her brain was functioning enough that she knew where the notes were and that she could play them, you know, on the piano corresponding and just, we were so happy that that higher level of brain function was there. She's mm. very, like, before the injury, like highly intelligent girl, she was like a sterling scholar and got scholarships studying chemistry. Hmm. In fact, she didn't want to take a break from the day high school ended. She was like, I'm going to summer, summer school. You know, she started that like two weeks later, she starts college <laughs> and just nonstop, just all these hard classes. And just, she just was, she was just like that. So we were like, took, not have any of that left of her would have made all of us really sad. Yeah, absolutely. And so to see some some higher level of brain function, we actually asked her chemistry questions in the hospital and had her point to yes or no, and mm-hmm. it was amazing because she got them right. Wow. So we were so happy, especially my husband because he's the one that like, taught chemistry <laughs> and loves chemistry. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't know if it was right. I'm like, is that right? Is that chemistry question right? Wow. <laughs> I mean, that is just mind-blowing. That was... Yeah, just wow. a relief to know that she's got some of that, um, some yeah. of that brain still in there, and just that if it can just take time to heal and recover, that she will at least have some of herself back. And what I love is that you can appreciate that, and you can appreciate what she does have right now, even before it comes all the way back or as far as it can go. And and I think that's true for all of us. I think so many times we want a certain outcome and then we'll be happy and we have that yes. mindset. But I think the overarching theme of what I'm hearing from you guys, which is just remarkable, is how much you can appreciate and celebrate that what you have today is enough. You know, having those few notes and that passion for music and that ability to work hard, that's enough for today. And that will make you improve yeah. and you'll have that byproduct of constant betterment and improvement and you'll, and she will achieve those goals. But today is still, you have what you need to be enough today. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think when I was kind of going through that really hard time with her in the hospital, I really had to come to terms with the fact that she might not be okay. Mm. And I had to find a way to be okay with that. And, and I don't know if, you know, that was the lesson I needed to learn. Who knows? I'm sure I needed to learn yeah. a million lessons and still do. But I really felt like, okay, I've got to somehow be okay if this is how she is forever. Sure. Like, of course, it will not be great and I'll be sad and it will suck. But I've got to find a way to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And 
And I think that's something that, you know, not everybody has to, of course, learn it to that degree, but we all have to learn that to some degree. Absolutely. You know, like, I'm okay with things being like this. Yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Whatever trial it is you're going through. And you don't need to, like, snap into that mode. It's not like, okay, I'm going to be fine. And from this point forward, I'm fine with however it is. It takes a, it's a transition, and you have to accept that there is a period of grief over yes. releasing that what was. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, I and I think there's days we still just yeah. My husband and I will just both think this is so sad. What just happened? So, it kind of you know it's overwhelming for a minute. Yeah. Um, because really most days we're just caught up in it's it takes a lot longer to get ready and to, our days revolve around therapy time um schedule and doctor's appointments and and that's all we do right and then we get yeah. ready for bed. <laughs> no absolutely yeah. and I know that you even have to get to therapy right now so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up but I just think what you have done supporting your daughter and the perspective you've shared with those that have followed along in your journey has just been so extraordinary Janie and I know that you would have never chosen this challenge but the way that you've been able to to be there for Abby and be her champion and the way that she's been able to improve as she has is a direct reflection of you as her mom, I'm sure. Oh, well. So I'm just so inspired you. by you. I and mean, I'm so inspired by her. Oh, gosh. You must be so proud. I'm very proud of her. I'm so proud of her. She works so hard every day. Yeah. And doesn't. And the biggest thing is rarely gets, gets discouraged. 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 She's really discouraging, you know, at times to. Yeah. Not be able to walk and not be able because she remembers the hard thing about brain injury is they remember what they could could do right but they can't do it and that wow. that's discouraging but yeah to be able to just get get past that and keep trying is it is amazing, amazing. It's amazing. inspiring yeah so yeah. for people yeah. that want to follow along on your journey can they follow you on Instagram or what's the best way to follow along yeah. with your story. I, I just have been sharing it on my personal um, Instagram and Facebook. It goes to both, and I made them both public kind of at the beginning of this journey I um really felt inspired that I should share this this share Abby's journey with people and I um so I made it I had everything private and I made it public and I you know even before I'd kind of sit down and write I would kind of just pray or say to Heavenly Father all right what do you want me to say Mm -hmm. and every time it was say exactly what you feel Mm -hmm. and so that's what most of most of what I've written um, about Abby's recovery and, you know, the, the things that we went through are just just dead on yeah, with absolutely. what we were going through and what we were feeling. And, and you know, and, and our faith is a huge part of our identity. And so I know that not everybody feels that way. And so I don't – I didn't really want to overwhelm people, but that was a huge part of how we dealt with it Yeah, and, and found our way through. And are still finding our way through. So absolutely. And so, what is your Instagram handle? Um, it's Janie J Ward. Okay, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Well, I always okay. ask my guests just one final question, Janie, and it's this: What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Gosh, I have two, I had two different thoughts okay. when I saw that question. My first thought was nothing. I wouldn't <laughs> want to scare her. <laughs> Just you wait, Janie. I would want her to keep moving forward and have her babies and enjoy her life and not be like, oh, my gosh, it's too much. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, after I thought about it more, I was like, no, I would tell her and just enjoy every moment. Just love your kids. Um, 
and I, you know, I feel like I've tried to do that, but there's definitely times, especially when they were younger, that it was like, I would worry so much about the books being straight on the bookshelf or this room or that being spotless. And those things don't matter. (laughs) You know, they don't. Yeah. Of course you want a straightened up house, but you just love your kids and, um, and teach them well and, and they'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. You're extraordinary, and for people that follow along on Instagram, your Insta stories with her, the videos of Abby's therapies and progress, they are just such a boost to my Jay Janie. So thank you for posting Aww. those. Keep doing that because it means so much to me watching her. It's just, wow. You're extraordinary, well, and you. I just thank you for sharing your journey today. Well, thanks for letting me share, and yeah. it's great to talk with you. Yay. Have an amazing day. Okay. Thanks. Bye. I want to thank Janie for being on today. She is extraordinary. The way that she has dealt with this trial has been truly unbelievable. And none of us know how we would respond in that type of situation, but she has responded and put out there for the world to see such a real picture of what it looks like to go through a traumatic event with your child. And there have been up days and there have been really hard days. And she has been so honest about both of those sides of the coin. And that's what I just really admire about her. And I think the more we can tell our stories honestly, the more we can validate our own feelings and feel confident in sharing our stories. So thank you, Janie. And Abby, you are amazing. Thank you for showcasing your determination in a whole new way for the world. And I know that you pictured going on a mission and doing those things that you had coming up, but you are serving a different mission right now. And who knows what is in store for you. I know it's great things regardless. But you are doing extraordinary work right now, Abby. You are changing lives in the face of extraordinary circumstances. You and your perspective and your heart and your gratitude are changing the way people view their days. I know that because you're changing my day every single day. When I see you striving to walk, and you're in the pool, and you're balancing on things. I mean, those exercises look so hard, Abby. (laughs) It looks hard for me. You continue to inspire me every day, Abby. Keep going. Keep going. Never give up, and never give up that great attitude. So if you want to see pictures of the Ward family, if you want links to how you can follow them, you can go to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast. As always, Lily Jade is one of our sponsors. They make the most beautiful diaper bags. I love my black leather one with the red interior with the organization and the pockets. These diaper bags are so well made. They are so fashion forward and I love my Lily Jade bag. So if you go to lily-jade.com, you can see all of their models. So great. If you're looking for a stylish diaper bag or a diaper bag to transition you into the real world once you're beyond the onesies, snacks, and diaper stage, this is the bag for you. I hope everyone has an awesome day. Appreciate your healthy, capable bodies and the ability that you have to have gratitude in all circumstances. And I'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.